Hi, and welcome to the Unique Perspective Show, broadcast live on Hakol Radio, powered by the Montanivasar. Every person, and in particular, every Jew, is special and unique in his or her own way, contributing to society with their very own flavor. My name is Yehuda Blonder, your show host, and I was born with a rare medical condition called familial dysautonomia, also known as FD. Growing up and overcoming multitudes of medical challenges shaped the person I am today, as well as gave me a rather unique perspective on life. On this show, we will be sitting down with amazing people with unique perspectives in life who will give us a glimpse into their lives and what makes them who they are. Come along with me for the ride on the Unique Perspective Show on Hakko Radio. Hey everyone and welcome to a special edition of the Unique Perspective Show. On today's show, the tables have turned and our host, Yehuda Blonder, sat down for an exclusive interview discussing his rather unique approach to his life's challenges. On this episode, Yehuda is interviewed by a close friend of his who draws out the hard, the serious, and yes, even the fun moments of his life. Due to broadcasting constraints, this will be broken into a three-part series, and this is part two. Please join our anonymous host on this unique journey with the one and only Yehuda Blonder on the Unique Perspective Show. Welcome back to... Yehuda Leib's interview. Over the past couple of months, Yehuda Leib has been interviewing interesting people with a unique perspective. Today, we're going to continue interviewing Yehuda Leib and hear a little bit about his life story. Today, we're going to pick up with Yehuda Leib right after high school. Yehuda Leib spoke about his experiences growing up, literally from day one, of how his parents uh, struggled with his, uh, his um, disorder how they dealt with it, uh, the struggles he had as he grew up, literally from uh, pre-1A, his early childhood. Yudalib spoke about how he had his friends help him through elementary school. And Yudalib spoke about the stress that came along with high school and the bullying that he had to deal with because he was a little different. And now we're going to pick up right after high school, Yudalab, a newly minted high school graduate. Could I say the high school graduate? I guess <laughs> coming into the uh, smedrish and, um, and 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 further. So let's continue. So what was your first steps after uh, completing high school? And where were you? If you would have to sort of paint the picture, uh, where were you? Would you hang out during the day? What did you do at night? What was your life? Uh, what was life like? So first of all, thank you for uh, coming back on and interviewing me. Um, so po- post 12th grade, my plan was to go into the base measures. Um However, <clears throat> I finally got the courage to tell my parents what happened to me in high school. Um, they realized something was going wrong because I, at, towards, like, the beginning of, towards the middle, towards the end of 12th grade, 
I didn't really want to go to school anymore. Um, so they realized that something was up, but I didn't really tell them then. Um, but at the end of high school, um, so most boys go on to base medrash and learn in, in the base medrash. Um, however, someone in the base medrash told my father, speaking to the person in the base medrash, and asked him, um, if if I could join the base manager next year. And the person said, absolutely not. And that really crushed me and devastated me. And, and just to be clear, at this point, you had skipped the grade. You were a 10th grader who was in 12th grade, right? No, so I, I skipped, I, I left the end, towards the end of 12th, 10th grade, I went to and 11th and then you were, sorry, 12th grader who was 11th grader who was in 12th grade. So the end of 12th grade, at the end of that last year, you wanted to join the Basmedish of that yeshiva. To continue. Right. Okay. And they didn't let you in. Right. So, which really crushed me. So I didn't really have anything what to do like the next year because I was just out of high school and didn't know what I was going to do. So one of my sisters her, um, called up a very dear friend of mine. His name was, was Shlomo Zakam Zatzal. And told him the whole story, what what was going on with me, and and that I'm, I was in 12th grade, and, and that there's nothing um, that he's doing next year. He's going to be home. He's not going to do anything. So Shlomo Zakheim Zetzal, who was very successful at, in his businesses, he owned a home care agency called Revival Home Healthcare, which is located on Kings Highway and East 53rd Street. So <clears throat> he actually, he's the one that gave me my first ever real job in in the home care industry. Um, uh, you knew Shlomo from before, or this was something new? So I actually did know him. I did know him. I didn't know him that well. I mean, I knew him through Kemp Simcha. He came every every year. He came. He brought up a helicopter for one day to give the campers rides all over camp. Um, happens to me. Let me take it back a few years before that. Um, so, like I said, in the first part, I was in camp for 12 summers with one gap year. What I mean by a gap year is that I was supposed to go, but, um, there was changeover there and I didn't really want to go with the new change and, but I was I actually had a counselor already for that year. Um, but at the last minute, I decided not to go. I decided to work in a day camp in Brooklyn. So he, he actually heard about that. And one day during the summer, he called up my, my parents 
and um, and he's like, "Hi, my name is Shlomo Zakheim, and I I know your son Yudalib. You you I don't know what he called me back then, either Yehuda or Yudalib." And he's like, "I heard that he was supposed to come up to camp, but he didn't." Anyway, this he's like, "This coming Friday, I'm going. I'm t- taking my helicopter up to camp to give rides to." To the campers, and I think it would be a great idea for him to surprise everyone in camp for Shabbos. It happens to be that whole week I was sick like a dog with crisis. So when my mother told me, I came home from work that day, one day, and she told me that I got a phone call from Shlomo Zakim, and I don't know who this is. And he's like, Hang on, at this point, you were working for Shlomo? No, so I was in a day camp. I was working. I'm sorry, this was in camp. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. You were working in camp. What, what were you doing in camp? So I was. I worked in the day camp in their computer room with someone else. But yeah, so <clears throat> my mother said, um, "This guy Shlomo Zakim called up, called that, called me, and said um, that he'd like to take you on the helicopter up to camp for Shabbos. The problem is that you're very sick." I remember it very distinctly because I had my physical therapist come come to my house that day when my mother told me. And I said, Ma, I'll be perfectly healthy to go. She's you, like you, you at that point you were willing to go? Like whatever changes there were you were okay with? You- I I wanted to go for Chavez. I was I was okay because I had a lot of friends there. Um I I the changes were just a lot of changes at once, and I'm not going to go into grave detail about it, but um, there were some massive changes there, and I was just—I I just really didn't feel comfortable in the beginning uh, to go for uh, ten days or whatever it was that year. Um, so my mother said. Um, so I told my mother, "I'll be, I'll feel perfectly fine. Don't worry, I'll be, I'll be good." So, um, I guess either we called him back or he called back. I don't remember exactly that that part. But Friday morning, early Friday morning, um, some a friend of mine calls me. His name is Martin Middeldorf, and he calls me up. Says, "I'm on my way to come." To, Pick you, pick you up to take you to the heliport in New York City. So at that point, everything was ready for me and packed. And it still was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? I'm going up to camp for showers in the helicopter. That's crazy. How, how, how long was the trip? So, so I went, we went to the heliport. My father came along in his own car. And um, got onto the helicopter at like I think it was like nine o'clock, eight between eight thirty and nine o'clock in the morning. And by nine thirty, quarter to ten, we were already we already landed up up in camp, and I surprised um, a lot of people. One person did know because I told him. Um, however, I actually woke up my. My counselor that was supposed to be that that year, 
I went into his bunk and I woke him up and he 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 did know. Not everyone else knew because I wasn't sure if I was gonna go and I didn't want to tell anyone that I'm coming up by helicopter. So that was my first real interaction with Shlomo Zaka. That's all. Wow. Wow. So he seems like an amazing guy. Uh, he had a very, seems like a very fun personality. This is something else. I mean, not many people could say that they, they flew to, uh, they flew to, um, you know, to the Cascals. It's like amazing. Yeah, okay, so, so let's, let's move on. So, to- so going back. So after 12th grade, I... Yeah. So let's talk about your first job. So, he, so he, my he, first job, I worked in Revival Home Healthcare. I did a bunch of little odds and then jobs um, just because I, I needed to get my feet wet in the business industry. This is going back 13 years ago, almost. Right. It was a full-time job or was it was a part-time job? So it was really full-time, but it was part-time because it's like when, when I got sick, I needed to go home. So, so basically, you were, whenever you were available to work, you worked. Right. Um, but, um, so also, there was another guy there um, that worked in Revival, another very good friend of mine, Banish Mandel Zata. Banish Mandel um, was a very, very special Yid, very, very special person. So was Shlomo. So was Shlomo. Um, unfortunately, they're, they're not here the, today um, due to going to nine eleven. They unfortunately got cancer and they passed. Uh, uh, Shlomo is going to be 10 years now in, on Rosh Hashanah and Banish would be, will be either seven or eight years. Hanukkah. So, um, but when Banish was pretty amazing that the two friends ended up in the same, in the same predicaments. Yeah, unfortunately, and they were very, very close friends. They were really good friends. Um, so especially so when Banish was there, Shlomo wasn't always in, in the office because he was very busy with meetings and trips. Uh, big, big chesed trips. Anyway, so whenever I would, so the first day actually on my job at Revival Home Healthcare, I got sick. I ended up on. So Shlomo had a nice size office, had a, chair, a couch there, and so it's like a half hour away from my house, the office. So it was. A pretty long time to wait for to get home. So he told me to lay down on the couch in his office. And I to this day I remember that they he was working, he was very busy, but he let me stay on his couch until my father got there to pick me up. But they always helped me out. Um Banish all the time. Um, helped me when I still wasn't feeling well and he need and I needed to lay down. I lay down in his office. Um, Bar Hashem, it, it, for it's 
it's very, it was a very, very nice uh, thing to know that there are, there were very special pe people that, that, that they cared about you and that they cared about me and they let me do, yeah, I, I work, but also like it was new to me. So like, I was like, I don't know, I guess I, you could say I was still a little kid because I didn't know what was, what was going on. Um, over the, the year. Hang on, you, you probably say they, they, they were your friends. They weren't so, a boss. They was a they, friend. They were more than friends to me. I looked up to them very, very much. Uh, <clears throat> I did a, a bunch of little odds and end jobs there um, over my two and a half years of being at Revival. Um, then comes uh, Rosh Hashanah of 2013. And at this point, Shlomo Zakheim was sick already, very sick. And he ended up in the hospital, and he was lifted uh, on first or second day Rosh Hashanah. And so, at that point, I didn't I didn't want to stay in a place where um, Benish Mendel unfortunately was not there anymore, and Shlomo was lifted, and it was going not going downhill, but it was getting um, harder and harder for them to. Keep it open. Um, because they lost their, their leader. and uh, They lost the person that actually put money into the business. And, and, and for you specifically, because of your relationship with Shlomo, it, because it wasn't just a, a professional, it was also a personal relationship. Right. It became difficult for you to be there. We will be right back after words from our sponsor. Paraflight, luxurious and private, our network of jets and helicopters provide stress-free corporate flights for discerning business owners and executives. Experience the Paraflight difference as we fly you from anywhere to anywhere, anytime. Call 844-538-1911. Jet and helicopter charters, 24-6 dispatch center, domestic and international, urgent flights, concierge service, ground transportation, gourmet kosher catering. Paraflight, we focus on your flights, you focus on your business. Call Sim Shane and the Paraflight team toll-free at 844-538-1911. Paraflight, 844-538-1911. Experience the Paraflight difference, 844-538-1911. And we are back on the Unique Perspective show. So right. what was the next steps? What, what was so, next? Hang on. So right now you're like, what, 20 years old? 21? So this is, no, this is 10 years ago. So, um, oh, I forgot to mention, Shlomo actually, so I always wanted to go to Israel. Um, but it was very, very hard. The first year that, so there's a, Part, there's a program part of called Wish at the Wall. Now, Wish at the Wall was really meant for kids with Yanamachla or cancer. But that year, they decided one year, that year, I think it was 2010, 2011, they decided to start a, a program for kids with special needs. Um, and apparently, 
I was supposed to be on that trip. But um, due to FD, they were scared to take anyone with FD on that first trip. Because they weren't sure of how you would handle it? Right. They weren't sure of how I was going to be. So thanks to Shlomo, um, Shlomo sent me to Israel for 10 days. I think it was 2012, if I'm not mistaken. For 10 days with my father and my counselor, Moshe Deitch. Um, Moshe Deitch was is someone from Lakewood, whatever. Now he lives in wherever he lives. Um, but he's a very good friend of mine also. And he, we all went on a trip for 10 days to Israel. And it was the best 10-day trip I've ever taken. Because it was my first time in Israel. And it was the most amazing trip out. So that was um, very nice of Shlomo to take me there. Have to make the effort to make sure it happens, even though you had your disability. Right. Yeah, sure it, it, was, it was really, 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 really special of him. So after he was Nifter, a couple months later, I, I told myself, I, I got to move on. I, I can't just stay there. So I. <clears throat> Emailed one of Shlomo Zakheim's sons-in-law. Um, his name is Arye Weiss. And I asked him if he knows of any, if he has any job for me in his home care agency that Shlomo actually started for him. Um, so this was November of 2013. Or something like that. And Hanukkah, December of 2013, I got a job in Edison Home Healthcare. Edison Home Healthcare was another uh, another home care agency that Shlomo started for his son-in-law, Arya Weiss. Oh, you just mentioned that, right. So and this was weird. This was in uh, so this, Brooklyn? So this was in Brooklyn, actually much closer to me. So it was it, it actually helped it, it, the location of of it was very, very close to where I live. And so I started off in in Edison in the HR department, um, doing document and stuff and stuff like that for like a year and a half. And then at that point I was already in I was already involved in um the computer industry, the technology industry. Um, and I wanted to get more involved in IT. So is, is this something that you did while working for, um, for Slomo or for uh, uh, Arie? So I didn't do any IT stuff in Revival. Uh, my first real IT experience was in Edison for Arie Weiss. Um, I actually had a very good friend there that was the director of IT. His name was, his name is Yossi Akhtarot. And so I went over to Aryeh and I said, um, I think I, I think I'd be very good in IT if you can 
please speak to Yossi. Maybe he has something for me in the IT de department. So, <clears throat> from one day to the next, I went from HR to basically the IT assistant of Edison Home Healthcare. Wait a second. You had any uh, IT experience from when you worked in, um, in the summer program doing a computer lab until then? So, that wasn't really IT. <laughs> Um, that was more like just making sure the computer room was um, up to date, make, making sure that um, no one broke any of the... No one threw anything, no one threw anything at the window. Yeah, it was not real IT work okay, in so the you, day camp. Did you have any IT experience at that point? Not really. I, I was learning computers and stuff like that, but I wasn't really involved in the IT industry then. Like what do you mean? So so you so why did you think you'd be good at IT? Like what was your? Because I was I I I thought I was pretty good at um, computer stuff. Like what? Like what did you do till then? So back in 2010, I built my first computer um, from the ground up um, with some help. That's a, that's a pretty that's a pretty good scope to have. I mean, not many people know how to do that, and they, and and you knew how to troubleshoot it and and, and uh, deal with it. Yeah, I mean, it took me it took me about a month, two months to build it because I w didn't really <clears throat> do it every single day, and um, it, it was also new to me, so I had to do a lot of research on how to. You learned on the job. Yeah. And um, okay, it's cool. And and so 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 that was your first thing, and you realize you have like a a knack for it, sort of. Correct. I feel like I, I felt like I had a knack, and also I I like I got to know a lot of the IT industry be, by doing that. I got you, to know yeah. a lot of it. Like the software, the hardware, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So fast forward. So so now you're you're you you apply for an IT job. Bye. So I, I didn't actually apply. <laughs> I I went over to Arya Weiss and I asked him if he can talk to Yossi Axrod and see if there's anything in, in the IT department that I could do. And I really, really do uh, give a lot of hakarasatoyev to Arya for who I am today and what, what I have become. Because if not for that move, I don't know if... If I would if I would be in the I, in the IT industry at all, I will talk. We'll talk about that soon. What you do today. So so let's move on to um to your time there. So, um, what was what was life like working uh, for Arie? Um, again, was this a full time job, a part time job? So this was actually a full time job. Um, I learned also in the morning, but most of it was it was a full time job. Okay. And what happened, let's say, when you got sick or you had a crisis? How, how did they work it out? They were very, very understandable. Also, because I had, I became friends with a lot of the people there in Edison, per se, that understood um, who I was as a person. And from that, I, I was able to tell them what I have, what's wrong with me and and um, they understood, meaning they didn't really understand because 
no one understands what FD is, but they understood that you need um, extra TLC. Yeah, and these are these are people uh, like uh, these are your supervisors, or these are random people who work in the office. These are not random people, but these are important people that are working in the office. Meaning, these are your coworkers, or these are your supervisors that coworkers, the coworkers. Yeah, right. So that's very nice of them. They didn't have to, you know, they didn't have to do this. They they covered for you. Right. Um. Yassi also um, was Yassi's also very nice at that. He's very easygoing. He's very easy to work with. Um, and he understood me also. Um, we just clicked very much. It happens to be Yassi Axrod worked in revival also, so um, so he he knew me also from when I was in revival. So it was a lot of a lot of the people in Edison were like part of revival, and they they just knew who I was through Shlomo. The common denominator was Shlomo. Yeah. Okay, so what happens at what happens later? So 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 now you're working as an IT uh, assistant IT. What kind of jobs do you do? Like uh, like printers, or you were doing more networking? What were I, I was doing mainly um, computer setups, user accounts, stuff like that in the beginning, and then over time, I I was given the opportunity to do a lot more than just you creating user accounts and setups and stuff like that. Okay, so so. What happens next? So, so then you're now you're twenty five, twenty four. So, um, I was about. So this is going back to two thousand sixteen. Um, today, what what year are we in? Twenty twenty three. We had COVID in the middle, so it still doesn't count. Maybe we're up to twenty twenty one now. I'm not sure. So it's about seven years. So. I was 23, maybe 24. I okay. between 23 and 24 years old. What did you do in the summers those days? What was your uh, what was what was that like? Um, summer was pretty much the same. I I I worked. I didn't I didn't really do it. I didn't go up. up I didn't go up to camp because I it was I was too old already. Um, back then they they graduated kids at 18 years old. So I was already <laughs> a little older than that already. Yeah. I was a little older than that. Uh, you mentioned in one of the other interviews about uh, someone in Nebraska, uh, something. So uh, the, what was that like? You're talking about Ari Demeter. Ari Demeter, Rabbi Ari Demeter. Yeah, I remember something like that. Yeah, Rabbi, Rabbi Ari Demeter. He's the Rav of the Beth Israel of Omaha. He's actually the head counselor of Kemsimcha Boys and Regular and Kemsimcha Special Boys. And I've flown out a couple times during the year for Shabbosim. Not, not during the summer. So the summer you were, uh, <laughs> summer you were stuck in uh, good old Brooklyn. I was stuck either in good old Brooklyn or upstate. Oh. Not stuck upstate, but like, I, I love the country. So, um, I love country style people places, country life. So um not that I was stuck 
I just, yeah, but I, I mainly stayed in Brooklyn and worked. Um, I see you became, you became like a, you know, a productive member of society. Yeah. We will be right back after words from our sponsor. A mushal, a story, aloha, drush, divrei, Torah, quotes, and sayings galore. No matter what type you are, there is something in Torah Tavlin for everyone. Torah Tavlin is a compendium of stories and sayings, wit and wisdom from our Torah leaders and greatest gedolim throughout the generations. Torah Tavlin is read by over 50,000 people weekly and has a collection of over 10 svarim in print. Sign up today to receive the Torah Tavlin weekly newsletter by sending an email to subscribe at torahtavlin.org or by filling out the form by visiting our website at www.torahtavlin.org. Torah Tavlin is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all donations are tax deductible. To donate or for sponsorships and dedications, please visit us on the web or send an email to donate at torahtavlin.org. And we are back on the Unique Perspective show. Uh, so, so your relationship with, uh, with Aryeh uh, Dembitzer. Ari, Ari Dembitzer? Ari Dembitzer. Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Ari Dembitzer. Uh, did it so so during the year, like in a ra- random week, if you wanted to take a, a flight somewhere, you just went there. Like, what was your thing with him? Um, so it, it's very hard to go alone with my condition to Omaha, Nebraska, or to anywhere else for that matter, because I need I need to fly with oxygen and I need to fly with someone else alongside me just in case I I get sick. Or something, God forbid, happens to me on the flight. Uh, there's someone there that next to me that can so help. You can't me. just you can't just get up and go. You have to have you have to plan it. Right, it has to be planned. It has to, yeah, it has How to be planned. How long was the flight there? The flight is uh, three hours, I think. But it's the coming, it's the going, and becomes yeah. the whole, whole spiel. It's they're an hour. They're, they're an hour behind us, but it's a, two, a three-hour flight. Plus, it's security and it's the traveling. So you, yeah. you it's a pain. It's a huge, not a pain in the neck because it's a great place to be in Omaha, except during the winter. <laughs> um, but that's when you used to go. <laughs> I used to go during the winter, yeah. But I remember the first time I ever went to Omaha, Nebraska. So there was a. So Rabbi Ari Demeter had a dream. Years ago, when he first moved to Omaha, Nebraska, he wanted to bring out um, a bunch of uh, graduates from Kemp Simcha, special or regular, um, to open up sort of a kettle in Omaha, Nebraska. Wow. Um, but so there was a friend, another good friend of, of mine, his name is Yaakov Jadel. Yaakov J. Dell, um, actually, he grew up in Flatbush. His, he married a girl from Flatbush. At first, he moved to Israel. Then, after Israel, he moved to Omaha, Nebraska. For So he was with Robert Demonson there? Yeah, he was like the assistant to the rabbi. assistant rabbi. Assistant, of, the assistant rabbi. Hang on, Robert Demonson at that point was the assistant rabbi? Rabbi Rabbi Demerson was the official rabbi at, at and he had an assistant rabbi. Yeah. And uh, okay, that's pretty cool. Okay. No, so. but he, he, the reason why Yaakov Jadel went is because he he he's that type of person that he doesn't mind living anywhere, especially with his wife, who's very chilled and and whatever. Um. So 
it's there they were they they had one kid baby and so they were flexible a little bit yeah and she, it happens to be his wife went to school in Omaha Nebraska what's the chances of that what, what, what kind of schools there so she actually I guess for all her life I guess she wanted to become a doctor um in the medical field so she did her undergrad in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh wow! Yeah. So she was from Brooklyn to Omaha, Nebraska, and, uh, and with a stop in Israel for a little bit. So this is after she was married. She went to school. She was married. She went there. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so, so you, so you guys, you guys, you guys. So you were there one while he was there as well. So, so the first trip, he he was already living there. What happened was even crazier. He made a trip. He went on the trip. The first first ever trip to Omaha, Nebraska, literally a week after he got married. Like he had just finished Shabbat Shabbat Brachas and Shabbat Brachas, and they both flew out there with with the trip. Wow. That's a commitment. Yeah. That's a huge commitment. All right. So anyway, so so that's that, those are your days. So um all right, so so And I still tried to go there. When well, now yeah. Man. All right. All right. So so Let's 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 go to the next year, a year later. So right now you're twenty five, twenty six. So two thousand sixteen. That was two thousand sixteen. Two thousand seventeen. I was already very much involved in the IT industry, still working for Edison Home Healthcare, and um, I decided to start my own thing on the side, um, a side a side hustle. Um, to make extra money, um, as much money as I'm able to make. Um, so I decided to start repairing computers, uh, whether it be laptops, desktops, um, building computers some here and there. Um, so I started a side hustle. Um, it was actually called Yehuda Blonder Computer Repair. Very um, name. Yeah, very easy name. It was uh, <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, I did it from here and from here, from time to time. When people called me, um, people called me every now and then. Not not often enough, but it was it was whatever. It was it is what it is, right? So. That was 2017. I started it. You had you had clients like people knew you from word of mouth. How did people get to know you? People literally like people heard of heard my name and said he's he's good and at what he does and they gave my number to other people that needed it. That's how that's okay. So organic growth. Yeah. Organic growth. Slowly but organically. All right, so so then um, you, but you were still working full time for your um, your. Day. So I still I still was working full time for Edison Home Healthcare. Um, as the years went on, two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen, it got bigger and bigger. Bar Hashem, got a lot more clients here and there. Still, still not enough to, um, personally go out on my own. Um. But then 2019, towards the end of 2019, 
we had something called Corona COVID. Oh, I've heard of that. Is that like a Chinese thing or something? I'm not really sure what it was, <laughs> but um, so we had COVID and everyone was pretty much at home doing their own thing. So, but I was still working for Edison and um, yeah, we were working from home doing. How, how could you do? Um, I was wondering, you saying when you were working in um, Revival, Revival, right? So you're working yeah. for Revival, you were able to do, let's say, some, some things remotely? Were, were so, you able to work remotely? So I, I never worked remotely in Revival because um, the stuff that I did was, was hands-on. Was hands-on, and I didn't, and also Shlomo being Shlomo, he didn't let, he didn't let Yossi Axrod give, have, uh, give me email on my phone back then. He was worried he didn't work too hard. He, yeah, something yeah. like that. Or, and then, and then, and, that, and then, how could you do? Like, how could you do uh, fixed computers on, on on a computer? Meaning, how could you work remotely? So uh, a lot of it was done remote. A lot of the stuff from Edison Home Healthcare was already online, so I was able to log in remotely to people's computers and. Um, and, and you were able to do this even when you were sick. As yeah, long as you had something. I mean, not when you're sick, sick, but as long as you're able to you sit at a computer, you can work and work. Correct. As long as I was able to sit on my computer and log in, I was able to work. How was your relationship with the, with the people in the office besides the Yassi? Oh, uh, it was amazing. Mr. Mr. Hashem. Uh, uh, Ari's assistant. Um, I'm not going to go name by name because there was a lot of people. And I don't want to leave anyone out. So, um, but they were all very, very nice to me. And, and um, they, we all became like a big, a small, big family in Edison Home Healthcare. Um, we speak every day still. And yeah. Um, so that was end of 2019, beginning of two. 2020 at the end of 2019 another friend of mine from edison started something called tyh thank you hashem an organization to spread the word of to spread hashem's word hashem's name and make it um better so he recorded a song um it's called apamides hashem um, when he actually had his fourth child, um, sat down with at the table by in his house and um, with friends, and he recorded this song with the one and only Maishi Storch from LA. Um, and so in the beginning of Thank You Hashem, it was, it was just. It was a song. That's what it was. It, it was a song. He didn't think anything of it. Wasn't, it wasn't a movement. It was just a song. Yeah. And um, then, so that was, that was 2019. I think it was 2019, if I'm not mistaken. It could have been 2018. I don't know exactly how many years it was. Um, either 18 or 19. But he... But then uh, the movement became so big that 
they redid the song with another singer. His name is Joey Newcomb. Oh, that's that's he. That's when it became famous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they gave it. I don't know if they gave it to him or whatever. He redid the song, and ever since then, the Thank You Hashem became so big and so massive that it's a amazing, amazing organization. And um, also at that point. Um, we, so at Edison, once a week, <clears throat> once a week, we had a share given by, it was, at first it was one person, then he found, um, uh, someone by the name of Rep. Zakatinsky. And he started coming to the office and his, his speeches, his tyra, everything like that is amazing. Um, everyone loved it in in Edison and um, the food also. Um, so it's always a, it's always the pole, the food. Yeah, but the food wasn't the pole at that point. It was Rabbi Yossi Zakatinsky. It was was the pole at that point. He his just his knowledge of Tyra and his understanding of today's world um, was unbelievable at that point. And he was not even a Rav. He was just a, a Rebbe somewhere. Um, and then whatever, he, he opened a shul in, in Lawrence and it, he really became this massive Rav his shoe has over 150 uh, members itself. And that's the shoe. Uh, this, this, this is all the outcome of, of Thank You, Asha Movement. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I guess you can say it's, it's um, all because of the Thank You, Asha Movement. Um, the, shoe, the shoe's name is Kahal Mevakshi Hashem. I think I thought it would be Kahal Podashan. No. Thanks for tuning in to the Unique Perspective Show. This concludes part two out of three in this series, interviewing Yehuda Blonder. The rest of the interview will be aired next week. Hashem. So stay tuned. You have just listened to the latest episode of the Unique Perspective Show, broadcasted live on Hako Radio, powered by the Munson Mavasar. The Unique Perspective Show is hosted by Yehuda Blonder, who can be contacted through Hako Radio by sending an email to info at hakoradio.com. This show and many others can be found in the Hako Radio archive system on our website and mobile apps, and can also be found on all major podcasting services.